0: Hey there, you're listening to Permission to Pivot. This is your host, Kayla McCall. We have an amazing episode today. We are talking to Stephanie Grace. She is an author, therapist, mindfulness coach, and I have had the pleasure of working with her for the past year and a half. She has changed my life in so many ways, and I am just thrilled for everyone else to get the opportunity to hear some words of wisdom from her. She has an incredible message. She's so positive and just such a bright light, and I just cannot wait to get into it. So here we go. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. I'm so <laughs> excited to have you on. I've I've been chomping at the bit to have you on here just because you mean so much to me and you've changed my life in so many ways. And so I just can't wait to have a conversation and share it with everybody else. Oh,
1: I'm so honored to be here with you. And you are such a special person to me. And I'm so honored
0: that I have gotten to get the gift of working with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to jump in just as an icebreaker question, just to get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know, when you were growing up and anybody asked you what you were going to be when you grow up, if you had a response, what that response was. And I'm just curious to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's an interesting one for me. I mean, um, I think that, you know, we all have our different experiences, but um, in, in my life growing up, you know, the very, the, the first part of my life was very much survival mode. So I, I didn't really have the opportunity to be thinking about things like what I wanted to do when I grew up. It didn't even cross my mind. It wasn't something that was ever on my radar. Um, and I don't think I ever even got really asked that. So so for me, it wasn't something I ever really thought about. Um, but um, I was always drawn to um, spirituality from a very, very young age. I remember being like just really little in my room just like you know thinking about all these things and being excited about God and spirituality and wondering about the different religions and all that so from a very young age I was curious about spirituality and just kept following that path I think in the sense like once I left my home I became a voracious reader of spiritual books it was just what lit me up and excited me and I think spirituality brought me to counseling you know so Mm -hmm. Um, that's how I found my path just from, just from listening to myself, but I didn't ever really have that thought of what I wanted to be, which is interesting because I, the thing is, is that I've been in the same field my whole life. So I've been yeah. doing the same work, you know, my whole, my whole life. Um. So, and, and it's still equally as um interesting and stimulating, although it has, you know, it shifts as you go along. Mm-hmm.
0: I love hearing that. And I I've talked to other, a couple other people that have had that idea or passion from like a very young age and just continued that all the way through where they are now. And I think that's so interesting because I, I'm the opposite of that. I, I still don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up kind of thing. And so it's so funny how different all of us are. And I feel like it's inspiring to hear somebody that, you know, knew they, and whether that found you or whether you just needed that at that point in your life. So that's why you were drawn to it. I think it's so amazing to hear that it's something that as a kid, you were very in tune with all of that. And it's just grown as you've gotten older. And it's just, and it's, and to be able to have that be your career, I think is really amazing.
1: Totally. Yeah. And, and I don't think I ever thought like, Ooh, I'm going to be into spirituality or, you know, I think there was a point obviously where I decided to go into getting training as a counselor, but, um, I feel like for the most part, I just sort of listen and go in that direction, you know, and this is where it's led me. Mm -hmm.
0: And I know you know, we, we just talked about before we started that the way you do things when it comes to counseling and therapy is a little bit different than other people. When you started, like you said, your training and stuff, how did that feel? Did you, did that grow for you changing kind of the way that things are done? Or did you have like a mentor that you worked with that did things in a more creative and open way, I guess? Um, you know, cause I think some people, could want to go into this field, but get taught a certain way that could make them feel like maybe this isn't for them. If that makes sense,
1: definitely. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a journey. And it's funny how I often um, uh, counseling students are drawn to me. I, I mean, you know how the universe works; we get set up with. Mm-hmm. Set up with. But so I, I get the opportunity to guide a lot of people. But you know, essentially, what I found on my journey. Um, is that? I mean, it, in many ways, it it um, I, I've found this, but our our society is very much a box, you know, and and in many different ways, you know, we have our kind of institutional box and then our societal box, and I have you know spent my life learning um, how to navigate that, like learning what my truth is. Um, what our society is, is kind of deeming as their truth or the truth, and then figuring out how that fits for me. And, you know, and then helping others, teaching others how to do that for themselves. Because what I've learned is that, none of those boxes are really true or they, they aren't, they don't get to be each of our truths if we don't want to, but that, that collective conditioning is very strong. And so, you know, we get that from a very early age and it it can make us believe that those are the things that we're supposed to do that we're supposed to fit in all these neat boxes. And so it can be confusing as we go along, but it is, you know, about um, at least my bringing it back to myself, my journey, you know, has been about really um learning about myself and and honoring myself and and what that looks like in terms of how I share that with the world. And so my path uh, has been one in which, yeah, I did go through academia and, and it is hard to keep yourself in that realm, you know, because it is very boxy. And, but then, so then, you know, when I first started doing therapy, it, it did look probably more traditional in the sense of like what I was taught, but it didn't quite feel right to my soul. So, you know, as I did my own work um, with myself and found what worked and I'm, I am a voracious learner seeker. And so as I learn things and, and apply them, then I would want to share them with the world. And so it was, I think probably more slow in the sense of um, kind of taking, um steps toward being able to just be my authentic self and how I teach and how I work with people. But what I've found is that I believe that, you know, helping people to heal, helping people to um, come into their truth, the truth of who they are, is really, um, it, it is really more about that, you know, coming back to the truth of who you are, not who society and our parents have taught us who we are, and then learning to honor that. And so really, I think I've kind of turned into probably more of a teacher in a way, you know, in the mm-hmm. sense how I work w- with with people, um, but definitely spirituality is like deeply entwined, whether it's like the, you know, feeling off my clients in terms of how, um um much I explicit I can be in that or if it's just sort of you know um woven in there Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah and I feel like when you and I first started talking one of the things that um really was very apparent to me was there were things that you were teaching me as we were working together but I could just see by like your energy and your presence that there are things that you truly do practice and I feel like you've shown up in that way throughout us knowing each other with, um, I know that, and I heard you talk about on another podcast that you had some like health stuff happen that really made you have to reevaluate how you were doing things. And then I feel like what seemed to follow that just seems like it opened up a whole other world for you too, that again, like you said, is living more within your truth. And so I think for me, it was really inspiring to know that the person that I'm pouring my heart and soul out to and talking about all the things when you're in those moments of change and growth and stuff you're practicing the same stuff that you're teaching to me like I feel like I see and hear you do that stuff when you know something needs to change or something doesn't feel right that you do go back within yourself and figure out exactly what it is that you need and want and it just makes it so much easier to work with you and to you know really trust the process of what we're doing because I get to see you doing it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's right. Um in the sense of Um, yeah, we, as humans, we are constantly learning and growing. And so it's like, we will continue to have, I I believe we are like onions. And so we get to a certain level and we've healed and guess what happens when we heal the next layer comes off and it's like, Oh, now we have to level up again. And that keeps happening. And so, you know, even um, all of us are are doing that. And so, yeah, it's, I, I, I like to say that in my work with my clients, I'm right there in the trenches with them. I'm doing the I'm always doing the work um right along with you, you know, and often, oftentimes what I'm teaching, I might be learning right then too. Um but yeah, I think um that that's al- always happening um for me. Um and I I did have a a pretty major up leveling. I think for me, you know, having my um my my daughter move away and go to becoming an empty nester, sort of drop the floor out from under me and then going through a major um, uh, like uh, breakup it, and and sort of getting burnt out. You know, I was working too much. It made me um, and then I ended up getting vertigo. And so it, that was a gift from the universe because, I, I, you know, I was continuing. I was working a lot and um, maybe maybe had lost a little bit of focus on myself but all of that happened at once and um the vertigo made it so that i i had to lay on my couch i had to be in my body um and um and it made me have to come back home into into myself more than maybe i even though i am often doing that it 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 was a um a time where i had to um do some major healing and, and growing, you know? And so I did take, I took some time off from, from my practice and, um, yeah, I think the, the biggest shift in that is just really, I think sometimes, um, yeah, maybe just needing to touch base again and learning how you might be needing to honor. But I, I think most of that for me was, um, some deeper healing work that, that really needed to, to happen for, for mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And
0: like you said, your body did that for it said, okay, we're, <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> we need yeah. a break from all of this. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I know we've talked about it before too, is, you know, if, whether it's massive stomach aches or whatever, like, where is that coming from? Like, usually it's coming from somewhere deeper than just you know, the surface level that we think it's easier to focus on that stuff, right? Like, oh, what can I fix? That's really easy and on the top, but it's really diving into what the true issues are. And I feel like that's true for a lot of people when you talk about making changes and stuff, like really figuring out where the need for that stuff is coming from. That's and going, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, it's
1: like the onion thing. And I think an important thing to know is like, you know when we when we uh, are faced with sometimes some difficult things um we will naturally sort of want to go back to um comfortable ways of coping or managing and sometimes when we're leveling up we'll find that that just doesn't um quite fit the bill anymore so it's like you know, um, an example could be like when that was happening for me, maybe I was trying to not pay attention to how deeply I was impacted by, by my daughter moving on or by that, that breakup. And maybe I was just trying to continue to like, um, you know, maybe an old coping mechanism for me was, um, keeping myself busy or w- working or la la, you know, but that, that wasn't working. And so that's why my body was like, okay, we're going to have to amp this up so that you're not quite listening or paying attention to mm-hmm. what you're doing here, Right. And so that was, you know, it's an example of how gratefully, thankfully our bodies are so wise and sometimes take the reins for us when we're not listening. Right. And that's something that uh, I will often talk about with people is that um Things like depression, anxiety are our, our bodies' ways of trying to get our attention. Like anxiety is kind of the, the low level, like, hey, listen to me. Hey, I need your attention. And then if we ignore the anxiety, then that kind of the depression sets in and pulls us down and is like, if you're not gonna listen to me, I'm I'm gonna shut down. You know, so it's just it is amazing how our bodies will sometimes help us out when we're not we're not listening, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I feel that very much. And I um, appreciate having the knowledge to understand that. I think that's super powerful. And I'm so grateful to be in a place where I can now look at it and really understand or to even if I don't understand the moment know that I need to take the time to understand what's happening. Um, so on a different note, I you wrote a book, I read your book. I love it. It's a book that I feel like has so many, it's such like a easy, fun read. And I love having it just like next to the nightstand. And I, you know, I have an 11 year old, she turned 11 yesterday. And you and I have talked a lot about her and her and I's relationship and navigating that. And I know I have a lot of friends and a lot of people out there that will listen to this that also have kids. And I felt like your book, I read it in the mindset of being a better parent and I feel like your book was so awesome for that and so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about the inspiration behind writing your book um and a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yes. Um thank you. So it's called Creating Happy Wait, Creating Real Happiness Agency. <laughs> um and my inspiration for writing that is just, you know, um I truly do love Um, the work that I do and, and helping people. And I had a desire for reaching larger groups or just more people, because it's like, I, I, I seeing people like on a one-to-one basis is great, but it's, um, you know, pretty slow in terms of its outreach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Um, If I can write a book, maybe I can begin to help people learn these ways of thinking to, you know, maybe make a bigger impact on the world. And so that was kind of why I wanted to write it. Um, and then the reason why I wrote it the way that it is, as you were saying, it's very approachable, it's very um friendly, easy. Um, and what I know from my work, you know, as a counselor for the last 23 years is that um humans get easily overwhelmed. Um, and, and so the solution to overwhelm is is breaking it down. We have to make it as easy as possible um, to make it approachable and manageable. And so I knew that. And so I wanted my book to not be scary. I wanted it to be like very like, approachable and and gentle and simple. And so I've basically taken all my favorite things all that I've worked in my life and with my clients and I've just put them into these small little bite-sized pieces in a book. And, and so the way the book is also really gentle in the sense that you can use it however it works for you. And by the way, we should always have that philosophy and don't care if the book is like, you know, How it's written, I think that we we should always be thinking, how does this best work for me? Do I want to read this book cover to cover or do I want to do it one piece at a time or do I want to read the chapters that call to me? You know, and that's the same way like we were talking about earlier in terms of education, being a therapist or whatever your profession is. It's like it's okay for us to listen to ourselves and do it the way we want. It's just that I think it in our society, it gets tricky in the sense of like, we really get in those rigid boxes and think we have to do things in a certain way. But I always want to give people the message that we're allowed to do things in the way that it works for us and, and try, start trying it and do it because it is also, I think, empowering and inspiring to others for us to to do that and have the permission to do that. But, but yeah, so the, the book is in A to Z format, so you can... Um, you know, essentially you can read it cover to cover and there's exercises with each um, entry. So you could do one a day, or you could take your time nibbling on one for a few days, or you could just, like you said, I think it is a good bedside table or coffee book table where you can just like flip to one and, um, and kind of use that as your, your daily dose. But the, the other reason why I, I wanted to have the book in the way that it is, is that I think that as I've been talking about the way that our world is it is you know tends to be more toward the um sort of egoic way of being and I think if we find um ourselves on a spiritual path or on the journey of finding ourselves or even just we can just say if you want to be happier or more at peace we do have to do something each day to remind us of what we want our life to be like, remind us to help us stay on that path. And so something like my book is an example of something you could keep by your bedside, you know, to just use as a check-in, a touch base to keep you on that path, you know, a little gentle thing that can help you remember like, oh yeah, this is why I wanna be thinking, oh, this is the way I wanna be moving, you know? Um, so that that's another reason um, why it's, um, uh, written in that way too.
0: Yeah. I love, I uh, use some of them for, because you would talk about the post-it notes and things like that. And I feel like there's, yeah, definitely ones that I've been like, oh, this is going to be part of my sticky note today or, or whatever, which I think is always helpful to think outside, outside the box a little bit. And I feel like your book helps do that when it comes to finding joy. You know, and there's you know, days where sometimes it feels hard. So it's nice to have like a resource to, to dive into. But I feel like when it comes to, um, you know, happiness and joy and all those things, one of the things that you told me a while ago and I did as an exercise that I thought was really helpful that maybe other people would think is helpful is writing down the things during the day that you really like doing. Like when I look at my day as a whole, what are the things that I enjoy doing and what are the things I don't enjoy doing? Because I feel like, like you said, when it comes to, especially like a career, for example, you might have, it's like you might be burnt out in the career, but if you can figure out what the things are that draw you to that job, what you do like about the job, and then what you don't like, maybe there's a way to navigate some like space in between, because I know we've talked about with me doing real estate, there were things about the it that was making me feel like it wasn't for me. And it was the being pulled to feel like I had to pressure people or feel, you know, if I'm not working with this many clients, I'm not doing it. Like all of those things that just didn't feel right to me was turning me off to the industry as a whole. But when I was able to sit down and go, well, what do I like about it? And it's being around people, it's helping people, it's actually building relationships. I was able to come to a place of, well, it's not real estate that I don't like. It's pressuring myself to do the kind of real estate that I don't like doing. So let's, you know, I think I was talking to Sarah, I think about it, about like doing healthy real estate and having that be like my, how I come into the room when it comes to real estate. And I feel like that mindset shift and picking out the things that I loved really, really helped me not just run away from it altogether. Because I do feel like that sometimes when you get the overwhelm of feeling like everything is negative, it's so easy to just be like, well, I'm, I'm out of here instead of really diving into it a little bit further. And so I feel like, like you said, when it comes to therapy or school or whatever, being able to find the parts of it that work for you and not all of it will, and that's okay, but find the stuff that does and then like cling on to that.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a great exercise and and an easy one to do to just kind of see where you're at. You know, it's like, what, what brings me joy in my life? What, what doesn't, what, Um, What would I really like to be rid of, you know, and be and the other thing is, like, be honest with yourself about what you don't like and and do like and I think what you're saying is, is really great and true that, you know, it doesn't have to be black and white, you know, I went through the same thing when, when I said I got sort of burnt out, it was just because I was overworking and also, You know, um, I wasn't having good boundaries in a lot of ways. So just kind of like you say, looking at what was really working and wasn't working and being able to clean that up to take care of myself in the way I needed, it just expands your capacity to do what you love more. So the more we are able to hone in, you know, what is true for, for us, be honest about that, and then take care of ourselves in the way we need what that does for us is it actually frees us up to have more energy for the things we love. You know, it, it gives us just a, more space. So it, it yeah, that is like really, um, I think a good thing to explore. It also helps us to be honest with what we don't really like in our life is sometimes mm-hmm. we're just kind of, you know, we're not really paying attention and we just kind of allow things like a rock in our shoe to just kind of be there and we're not really looking at it. And so when we stop and we're like, why am I uncomfortable? Oh, I have a rock in my shoe. I wonder what it'd be like if I remove that, you know, or if we just admit, like, I don't like that rock being in my shoe. I'm gonna get uh-huh. rid of it. Like, oh gosh, getting rid of that rock really makes me so much more happy. And it can be simple things too. Like you're saying, it's just like, you know, very small changes can make a huge difference in our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's, it's exciting when you can look at it that way, instead of like you said, breaking it down when things feel overwhelming. And I feel like making changes can seem really overwhelming, but if you can break it down to bite-sized pieces, um, it just seems so much more manageable. And, and I do think, you know, opening yourself up to receive what you need to receive, I feel like is, is so important. And I feel like that's a big part of, you know, you and I talked about us making the move here and, and how that made me feel as far as, everyone else and the overwhelm that 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 really brought. but then being able to just break it down just day by day of like, okay, what am I doing every day? And for the most part, everything I'm doing all day long, I really, really enjoy. So it's it ends up being a a good thing. And if you can get through the initial like overwhelm of making making a shift or a change, um, yeah, which I feel like is always always exciting. And I feel like you were a big help in all of that for sure. Yeah. So um I know that you yeah, you made the shift on, I know part of that was taking on less so that you could open yourself up to reach more people. One of those things with reaching more was going on a retreat. We went on a very lovely retreat to La Paz and it was beautiful and you did an amazing job putting it together. Um, can we talk a little bit about what prompted you to take that on?
1: Yeah. Well, um, one of the things about me is I, uh, I, I tend to be slightly, um, you know, just, um, uh, as things come to me, you know, and I feel a spark of joy or excitement, I tend to just follow them. I'm kind Mm -hmm. of one of kind of just goes for things. and so That's me
0: too. We're very similar (laughs) in that way.
1: Yeah. So I just loved the idea of um, um, having a retreat, you know, which where a group of us like-minded people could come together. I, I liked that idea. I wanted to it to be inspiring. I wanted to um, maybe um, help people to tune into their light a little more, you know, or their truth. So I felt really excited about um, maybe helping a larger group of people, um, you know, get that spark of 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 light or kind of inspiration. And then I really like I love traveling. It's probably my biggest passion, um one of them anyway. And so, um I wanted I wanted to take people on a journey outside of, you know, our normal spaces. And so, um I'm very drawn to. Um, Mexico, La Paz, it's so beautiful there, the ocean, mm-hmm. the sunshine, all, all, a lot of us are from, not you anymore, but yes. of us, you know, are from um, uh, these climates where we get a lot of gray and cold in the winter. So I thought it'd be nice for us to go. But um, the other thing is, my, one of my other passions is animals. And so, you know, we went on this retreat um, on a ranch with all kinds of amazing animals. And so I was kind of bringing all my passions together, which is really cool. And I just wanted to share that with people. And I think it was also just a nice challenge to see if I could do that, you know, like um, organize that and then pull it off.
0: <laughs> and, it, and it went really well. It, it was, went so well. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. And I, you know, shared about it just on my social media and stuff when I got home and I had so many people that were like, how can I go sign me up? Where, where can we do this again? So that was going to be one of my follow-up questions is, are you, after doing it, is it something that you enjoyed enough that you will plan another one?
1: Yeah, it really did um, spark a lot of, um, kind of joy and it felt, um, right in terms of, you know, kind of like the, the love I felt around doing creating that and 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 I feel what others got from it I feel like everyone who went got you know some really powerful um stuff for themselves around it you know so I think it was successful in that way and and I think now I know I can do it mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of organizing and pulling it off so yeah it is sort of percolating there in my brain I'm I i do not know I I probably will start um putting something out there Uh, soon, because I definitely want to do another one. I haven't chosen the location yet, but it's not going to be in Mexico again, probably. But my brain is kind of thinking maybe Hawaii.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: And I I haven't solidified that yet, but that's the one place that is kind of coming up most strongly. Mm So um, I'm kind of thinking that might be the next place. And so I need to kind of start doing some research, but definitely I'm uh, going to be um um organizing another retreat cuz there's lots of people like you said who want to yes. do it again and who know other people who want to do it and so why wouldn't we be spreading this out yes. in the world so it
0: was amazing and I feel like for me I never I would never gone on a trip by myself so that was really exciting and you know that was the first time you and I even met in person. So I really, that was our first time meeting in person. Yes. Yeah. We've done everything via zoom. I know. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Um, but it didn't feel like that. I feel like we known each other forever, but it was so fun and sharing the space that we got to share with each other. There was 11 of us total. Is that right?
1: Including me 12, but 11 people. Okay, Yeah,
0: Yeah. So yeah. And like you said, the animals were amazing. We did yoga every day. We did meditation mindfulness teachings, which were incredible. And yeah, the location just couldn't have been more beautiful. Um, it was, it was amazing. And I highly recommend to everybody to take that time for yourself at some point. Um, and just being able to, it's rare that you get the opportunity to be alone with yourself in that aspect. Um, and I just, I thought it was super empowering and, and it just made me realize that I can do things by myself (laughs) which is nice you know just a nice reminder and a confidence booster of you know navigating that kind of stuff when typically you're with family or friends or whoever and just really being able to manage my own anxiety and all of that stuff and like work through all of those things was really awesome and coming back from it I was like yeah I so I was in the same boat when are we doing this again I can't wait um one of the things I did want to bring up that I thought was really interesting, you were doing a mindfulness teaching and you were teaching on, um, I know what you're going to say. I'm trying to think of why can't <laughs> I think of the word now? Was it entitlement? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, it's funny because when you were talking before, I was like, I need to remember to say this. So Stephanie was talking about repeating and writing down what you are entitled to. And a lot of people had a really hard time with that word. And I feel like I could understand, you know, like we talked about entitlement has such a negative connotation, but I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about entitlement in that way, because for me, it felt really empowering to tell myself what I'm entitled to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was really interesting. It was funny too, because I wasn't expecting that reaction. But okay. So know. that shocked you yeah, too. Yeah. I wasn't really, I mean, I, yeah, I, I was kind of, I wasn't expecting it, but here's the thing about me is that you know, all of my work essentially is kind of uh, channeled, you know, so I'm, I love when I get um, uh, any questions or, or, um, Pushback or confuse, confusion because it gives me an opportunity to further teach or, mm-hmm. or help people to understand. So I always, I always love um, when people have questions for me or are confused. So it, it, it was fun, um, and I don't know how how people how it turned out for people in the sense of you know if they felt they got uh, clarity or understanding or they felt more um, entitled. <laughs> but um um yeah so um let's see what you're asking me is um maybe my, um what that
0: mean my perspective on that mm-hmm. like how you were explaining the exercise and how you were explaining it to go and then i feel like in that you had to make a pivot on how can we bring this back to the message that you were initially there for and obviously like you said it was awesome that it brought up so much question and so much you know, conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, I think ultimately in the, you know, what it was about um, is, is helping us to remember who we are. So, you know, in that teaching, it is like, what I believe is that we come here, um, you know, to this earth and human form as a divine being and this, Um, alive consciousness is is what we are, that alive consciousness is what we all are, what everything is, what we're all made up of. And so it's like, remembering that, that that's who we are. And that's what everyone is. And in that we are all connected by this, this same alive consciousness, like these bodies that we're in, um, don't change that. And so I think what was happening for people is that you know we get really caught up in the boxes that you and I've been talking about and these bodies are part of those boxes and those these bodies um get set into all these labels and things and those get confusing to us so it's like um you know our egos uh, with our conditioning get very comfortable with that and we get set in that mindset and it's sort of the opposite of what i was just describing you know and so it can it can be confusing for us um, um, to get away from the conditioning that we've experienced. But essentially what was happening is that um, this sense of entitlement, that is a human like term in the sense of like when we get into all these um, labeling and categories and levels of how we are as humans and how we show up, then it comes into this whole thing of like, who deserves what based on what they look like or what their money situation is or what, what family they were born into or what kind of education they have. And so it was all that sort of thinking. And it's like, well, you're, you're not, you're not allowed to say you're entitled, um, because that would mean that you're something that's negative. And essentially what I was saying is like, let's take away all these bodies let's take away all this other stuff that doesn't really exist and bring us back to to our truth which is this alive consciousness if we just imagine that for a moment we're all energy we're all this you know this um uh just these divine beings we're all the same we're all on a level playing field and we're all equally entitled to all the love and all that we desire and want, we're all the same. Nobody is more entitled or less entitled than anybody else. We're all the same, mm-hmm. and that was like the basically the the core of the lesson. But it's, there was a lot of people sort of getting caught up in the egoics of it, and it was it was scary and painful to look at that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I just thought that was such an interesting part of our week, yeah. and I felt it it kept conversation going consistently about that. And I I think you could see people grappling with it of, you know, because then you, if you say, well, then the opposite is true that you're not entitled to love. You're not entitled. You know what I mean? we're like, well, that's not, we don't think that way either. And it's like, well, yeah, I think like you said, it's just the, the human word of its self is just what was so hard for people to get past. But when, you know, when you think about it, like looking at a baby, we of course think that baby is an entitled, they're entitled to every opportunity, everything, but it's, it's interesting when we think about it for ourselves. Well, I'm not entitled to any, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, being able to, to dive into that deeper was really, really interesting.
1: Yeah. I think it's also a classist thing in the sense of like, I think sometimes it's like me coming from a very like, um, Uh, sort of disadvantaged background and, and um, um, understanding that just because I came from a challenging background, and, you know, didn't mean that, and we can use it in the terms of an emotional context, like I came from a lack of love, a lack of care. And I have, I am entitled to that care, even though I didn't get it, I am entitled to love, and connection and all that I desired, even though I didn't start with that. Um, And so we look at people who are born into families where they have very loving parents who are capable of meeting all their needs. They're equally as um, entitled to that love and and care and more. They get to continue to move on and keep getting more and more if they want, just the same as this other person who didn't have any. And Mm -hmm. And I think it just gets confusing from people when we're looking at it when they look at it from a more material perspective, it starts to confuse them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we watched that happen and it was really, it was really interesting to see, to see it go down. Um, And I mean, there were so many points of that retreat that stick with me and stay with me, but that one does because since there was so much chatter about it, it stuck with me in the way of believing it more, I guess, I guess seeing people have a hard time Mm. feeling that for themselves, it almost made it even more of that like desirable thing that I want to reach that I can feel that to my core, if that makes sense. Yeah. But the retreat was amazing. And I look forward to having another one. And if, and when you plan another one, we will share it with everyone. And, um, yes, people can follow along with your Instagram and all that to see what you're up to. And I'm so excited for people to have an opportunity to hear so much from you that I have had the pleasure of hearing from you for the last year and a half. Um, it's been really impactful for me. And I just feel like, such a big part of my journey and who I'm continuing to be is rooted in you helping me believe in myself and helping me just love who I am in any phase of life that I'm in. And I think I just want that for everybody else, <laughs> but yeah. it's not my responsibility to give that to them.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> there's the thing for you to know is that like, you know, when you're ready, the right teacher will appear and, and, and you are an amazing aware being who was ready to reach these higher levels of consciousness and you know awareness and so it's a lot of it is just that you you ready and so you're ready for you know a teacher to come along and help help guide you along your your path so you've done all this amazing work for yourself and you I hope that you, and I know you are, but that you're so proud of where you are and your awareness is the most important piece, isn't it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of what, why we're even here doing this today is the awareness of wanting to spread a message, wanting to positively impact people um, and do it in a way that feels really great and authentic and not caring about, anything beyond that if that makes you know just being like in the moment this is what is really exciting and fun and like you said being able to reach more people with a positive message I feel like is just super exciting and I just yeah can't wait to see you know and hear all the other stories and continue to share positivity out in the world
1: Well, wonderful that you're doing this. I'm so proud of you. And um, and the, you know what? It reminds me of um, a, a quote that I put on um, my, my mindful minutes the other day was like, when you're doing things like you doing this courageous act of starting this podcast and, and interviewing people is is, you know, thinking about who am I going to inspire? Who am I going to lift up? Rather than who might be judging me, it's easy to maybe live our life in fear around what will people think. What you know, but why don't we shift it and think about like who might I help, who might I lift up, who might I inspire? Right, Mm -hmm. and that's what we need more of in our world. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yep, I love that. I love that. That's such a good, good note to end on. And I just yeah, people can follow along on your Instagram. I love your mindful minutes. I think they're super helpful, like bite-sized pieces of just positivity throughout your day. So I will link all of your stuff so that people can, um, hear from you because I think that you have a really incredible message to share and I appreciate having you on with me and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week, almost weekend. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much for having me on. Yeah. Thanks.
0: All right. (laughs) Bye Steph. Okay. Bye-bye.